0: That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious
2: prizes. Chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh my god, that was more frustrating than the first three games of the football season. <laughs> but now we won't sound, sound like chipmunks.
1: Well, that's always a positive, yes. I feel that like that could be a negative.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, so yeah, sorry about that.
1: that
2: was at least it's a good thing that i do this test every time yeah because if not then we would have recorded all this and then everything would have been shot you were so conscientious one see this is why i'm not involved in the physical fight between us and boiled sports like i gotta
1: well you're the you're the mvp bro we couldn't let you get hurt i'm just fodder (laughs) out there you're 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 Brick, you're standing there holding a hand grenade.
0: Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean
2: he is the meteorologist after all. <laughs> yeah. Brick, so, where did
0: you get a hand grenade? I don't
1: I know. don't
2: know. And honestly, like his pickup skills with women are about as common as mine. Would you like to come to the part the pants party? The party of my pants. Well,
0: apparently it worked if you got Maria's, so, I mean...
2: It works out. I, I always joke that, uh, for the Parks and Rec people, that probably later on we're going to be like um, Gary Gergich and his wife Gail. Like, people are going to look at me and be like, how did he end up with such a beautiful woman?
1: Well, and you're a beautiful woman, too. Well,
2: thank you.
0: <laughs> Liz just said 60% of the time it works every time.
2: <laughs> you know, I have a beach body, if the beach body is the body of a manatee.
0: Uh, obviously, I think we... Uh, You know, you break an all-time NFL record. uh, Breeze deserves a mention here today, too, especially since he uh, balled out.
1: Can you believe I... can start him on my fantasy team? Are you insane? Why that not? That was a bad move. <laughs> I was all like, I'm gonna play the fucking like matchups and like the analytics and the numbers bullshit. So do I started... you know how fantasy football works? Well, I have Jared Goff too, so I started Goff. Are you aware who Drew Brees is? I am. I am. He got me like eight points against the Browns last week. He even had rushing touchdowns two, today. Two know? of them. Yeah. <laughs> all
0: right. Just let me know when we can start the show here. Let's just
2: get this over with.
0: David Plow of the air. Underneath, Rondell Moore bouncing off the tackle. And there he goes. Moore will take it all the way. You are watching a burgeoning star in college football in Rondell Moore. Wow, pumps. Going downfield. Done. Terry Wright for the first time since October of 2011 Purdue has beaten a ranked team. Jeff Brom and the Boilermakers get their first win of 2018 and they take down a top 25 Boston College team. Welcome, welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Hammer and Ales podcast week 4. And yes, yes, we actually have a football win this week to talk about. Not just any football win either. It is Purdue's first win over a ranked team in seven years. It's really sad when you think about that, but 18-game losing streak is over against ranked teams, and we'll probably need another win over a ranked team later this season to get back to a bowl game, but... Hey, we're going to enjoy this one as Boston College goes down. And with me tonight, we have Juan out on the West Coast. Still, still thinking Rose Bowl tickets. Juan or no?
2: Uh, well, I mean, we only have one Big Ten loss so far, so I just run the table, make it to Indy, and yeah, Rose Bowl would still be in play. I mean, we might have to beat Ohio
0: State twice, but I mean, psh.
2: you know, beat Ohio State, but then in in West Lafayette, but then if you lose to Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. You know, maybe OSU goes to the playoffs, so therefore, Purdue would be the one going to the Rose Bowl instead. Right.
0: And also joining us tonight from the Little Apple in the middle of the country, we have Drew, the legend of Sean McCarthy. How are you doing tonight, Drew?
1: Oh,
0: I'm dumb. Yes, yes, you're dumb. We we have to mention this to our listeners out there. Drew did not start Drew Brees today in his fantasy league. Because apparently Drew does not know how fantasy football works, nor has he ever heard of Drew Brees, who only established an NFL record today for most completions of any quarterback.
1: I have regret. Uh, there's there's deep deep regret.
0: So yes, we're going we're going to judge Drew on that one, uh, rightfully. But but uh, let let's go back and uh, let's talk about our first win of the season as. Purdue knocks off Boston College 30-13. to Really big win uh, when you consider everything. And it kind of salvages all, uh, everything out of the, a little bit of what's gone wrong here in the, this uh, opening home stand of four straight home games. Mostly because our worst case scenario most people thought was 1-3. And, and we at least get back to 1-3 after the Eastern Michigan loss. So, gentlemen, what, what were your takes on yesterday's game?
2: It felt good to win, damn it. And to win big, too. You kind of had the feeling that maybe Purdue would pull this off because, you know, after those three close losses, you think, okay, they might be a bit fired up, maybe Boston College is a little overrated, but they just owned BC in that game. And I remember when Blau got hit from behind and fumbled the ball, or I think technically it was interception because I don't think the ball hit the ground. And BC was driving. I thought, okay, that's it. This is where the tide turns. You know, Boston College is going to get the touchdown here. And then I think it was Blackman who intercepted it in the end zone. That pretty much almost sealed the game right there. Mm -hmm. Like that killed off any chance for Boston College to make a comeback. And I'll admit, I was still uneasy with like maybe two minutes left, even though it was probably impossible for Boston College to come back at that point. But still felt pretty good to get that win.
0: Absolutely, because I I don't. What kind of surprised me about Boston College is they didn't really uh, they didn't really show me much of anything. They were kind of basic on offense, and they wanted to establish a run game, and it was you know a bit of an older offense, a lot of two tight end sets, and everything, and just there there was nothing. That was really that difficult to diagnose. And uh, since you're more of the X's and O's guy, Drew, do you think they kind of played into our hands, especially since we
1: have a younger defense? I mean that's what Boston College does. That's what they. That's what they always do. They they play two tight ends and a fullback, and they try to run the ball and then beat you with play action. Uh, that's what Steve Adazio's teams all look like. So I wasn't surprised that they did it. I was I was surprised that we were able to stop it as well as we did. But we sort of. Took a page out of Clemson's book. This is what Clemson does when they play Boston College, is they just go straight man and put a bunch of people in the box and make Boston College's quarterback make throws to win. That's what we did, and he couldn't do it.
0: And it... What stood out to me was just how well the defense did play. Um, they they give up the score on the second drive of the game, and especially when we give up the old 3rd and 14 wide open over the middle for a touchdown. But they immediately answered with four consecutive three and outs followed by an interception, which is, I mean, when was the last time we did four
1: consecutive three and outs on anybody? Yeah, no, that was... Nothing I had see, I've seen on film uh, in the first three games indicated that that was going to be uh, the outcome of that uh, game, at least on the defense. And they were emphatic three and outs,
0: too. They, in those four drives, they had a minus a 18 total yards. Yeah, I
1: think was, they had, like, minus 20 yards in the second quarter, if I remember correctly. It, it
0: was astonishing, and then... You know, obviously the other thing, uh, the other part of the
1: coin there is um Rondale Moore is a beast. Yeah, man, he's got those short little legs. It's hard to knock him down.
0: <laughs> so, uh, you know, I guess you guys probably had a better look at it on TV than I did in the stands. Uh, what did you think? Knee down there or no?
2: It looked like maybe it might have touched a few blades of grass, but again— uh, unlike the referee last week, the evidence was uh, kind of disputable in this case. So it was hard to overturn it based on that. Because some angles showed it that it looked like it was down, but other angles showed that, you know, maybe there was a gap in there. So they just let it stand.
0: That's what surprised me, honestly, is that they did let it stand, that there wasn't enough. We
2: had a different referee. Yeah, this that time. too. We didn't have Daniel Capron. Capron crap on. I know
0: the uh, BC blog. Uh, they were very much up in arms about that call, and I I could see it going either way. But yeah, I really think what it was is it just happened so fast that they didn't get a chance to even think about his knee being down. So they, of course, they called it a catch and a touchdown on on the field.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, it looked like it. It looked like it was a touchdown live and then on the replay yeah you could maybe it was down maybe it wasn't but i don't think it was enough to overturn it the ref did it got it right this week if you but can't definitely... if you can't really see it then you can't you can't overturn it because if they had called him down on the field he would have been down too from that replay i feel like either way they should they would have to over a uh, hold the uh call
2: yeah, but at least with that touchdown that really displayed rondale's speed as well and just how quickly he can bolt because even in that like Northwestern jet sweep, you know, it looked like he was kind of jogging at the end because Northwestern had given up. But damn, he just bolted away I from know. four BC defenders and he, just left them behind.
0: And he shook one off, and it was a good hit. I mean, good hit for a smaller guy at 5'9", shakes him off, and then from a dead stop, just left. It is, it's astounding to think about the speed he has.
2: I tweeted out, was his knee not down? And I literally got like two or three, maybe five responses all saying, well, he can squat 600 pounds. So that's where it comes in handy, I guess. You know, nothing's going to him, bring him down.
1: Yeah, but. he's so weird because he's like, I was trying to think of it like a player I could compare him to because he's so short but really strong. I can't think of any player Purdue's had that, that has been that sort of like body type. Like he's a really stocky 5'9 nine dude that plays receiver.
0: And then if you look at his other touchdown, it was that also showed his athleticism because he he shakes off another dude and then just I mean it wasn't even so much a cut he just kind of bounces ninety degrees and into the end zone and then stops. It, it's just that that was another great play and it, you know it kind of gets lost because I think it was quote only a nine yard touchdown but it was still an important play and a really impressive play just to show his agility too.
1: Getting four-star players is helpful.
0: Well, yes, that's
1: it, yeah. Don't tell Hazel
0: that, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think we've got some uh, much-deserved Rondale Mania. He already has two, or er, he already has three 100-yard receiving games in his career, and the school record is 14 by John Standiford. You also have to start thinking overall touchdowns record. He's got five touchdowns total. Uh, this season and the school record is 54 by Corey sheets and the, the, these are things that are in play to be honest because if he's this good this fast, what's he gonna be in two or three years?
1: <laughs> he's going to be a good player It's, it's nice to have <laughs> it's nice to have somebody you can kind of talk about as being elite again. you
0: know I, I've seen a lot of pretty good players I mean he reminds me he reminds me of Dorian Bryant quite a bit, but I think he's better.
1: I he's honestly got, think he's better. He's stockier than Dorian, I feel like dorian wouldn't wouldn't he might be Dorian could run away from it, but I don't think he could take the hits and just keep keep going like right I, don't know, that, I don't know like a running back playing wide receiver is really what, what he reminds me more of like running backs than he does a wide receiver like with that build and uh and the way he takes hits and keeps going. So, uh, overall,
0: where, what do you see? Um, do you see, think we see more of this Purdue going forward? Do you think the defense took a huge step forward? Or, you know, kind of what does this victory mean
1: for the rest of the season? Well, I'll start. They, uh, they changed the defense up quite a bit, which was interesting. And you saw Marcus Bailey start making a lot more tackles. And you saw Barnes slide down and p- play a lot of that uh, hybrid role and rush the passer. Holt was looking for an answer there to get some more pressure on the quarterback and also get Marcus Bailey more involved, and that's what he came up with. Uh, And it seemed to work well. So I think Bailey had led the team in tackles on Saturday, which he hadn't been doing the last two games. He had, I guess, Eastern Michigan and Missouri combined he had 10 tackles, and I think he had 10 tackles yesterday. So that was was encouraging, and I think uh, that helped out getting – Obviously getting more pressure on the quarterback helped our secondary a good bit since, since they weren't having to cover for 10 seconds.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, we also have to give the secondary some credit.
1: Blackman and Blackman and, um, oh, who
0: had the second, was it was't major that had the other pick in the secondary. Both of them had uh, some really good plays too. And then the defensive line, you know, you have Kai Higgins now as leading the team with two interceptions tied with Major, which is impressive.
1: Yeah, they do a really good job of getting their hands up and batting those passes down. Uh, Anthony Watt, Watts who got an interception yesterday too. I think he's done a really good job the last couple of games of batting down passes or batting up passes at the line of scrimmage. You know, some of the younger guys are starting to uh, starting to make some better plays. You know, I I thought this defense would get better as the season went on, uh, which was why having such a front loaded schedule kind of sucks. I think you're starting to see some of that now. I think you're starting to see the coaches figure out what everybody, how it looks at its best and how to go about sort of getting it there and getting guys, putting guys in positions where they can succeed. And I think it's just taken a couple of games to get that all figured out. So hopefully moving forward, this will be a, uh, you know a regular occurrence
0: well uh i i haven't seen much of nebraska but my understanding is is they just are not very good and... no they're
1: terrible 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 so yeah uh,
2: i was uh watching both you know Bo- uh, purdue boston college and the michigan nebraska game uh and yeah it, it was pretty bad like michigan just absolutely wrecked them yesterday and, and it probably could have been worse as well
0: oof well, the good news is is we have a shot because I have not been to Nebraska yet, and I was originally planning to go to this game, but I'm not going to be able to. And with my record in seeing us on the road, that that's not good. Relax, we have a chance to win this now since I'm not going.
1: I am actually considering go into this game, we'll see how the week works out because it's only like a two and a half hour drive.
0: Well, if I they don't, if the shutout streak ends, then we know, and you don't go, then we know why why it happens. Yeah,
1: I'm hope. I mean, the only thing, I'm hoping I can get like cheap or free tickets because Nebraska sucks so much they'll just be giving them away. I've been traveling quite a bit here recently. I'm kind of broke. <laughs>
0: Well, the uh, bad news I got for you, it looks like the cheapest on StubHub right now are $49
2: apiece. Well, I mean, everyone just wants to see potential Heisman candidate Rondale Moore. So that's clearly why the tickets are so high.
0: I, w- I was a big fan of the hottest of hot takes yesterday from Brian Newberg at, got- at GoldenBlack.com. He said in the middle of the game, if Purdue was 3-0, and they, po- they would probably be talking about Rondale Moore for Heisman. Oof. That's, uh, that's spicy right there.
2: Yeah, but it's called medium, medium spicy.
0: Hey, there, there's worse takes out there. There's, there's I, definitely worse takes out
2: there. I mean, even if Purdue was three and now, now four and now, like, I don't know if, you know, just because of who we played and how we've been playing on, like, BTN and all that, like, maybe people wouldn't have still seen Rondale more.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what fringe has been means. Like, I mean, I guess you could put, like, a bunch of people in that category two is going to win the Heisman this year so I don't really think we have to worry about that
0: well speaking of Nebraska here here's what we've got so far um I know that they are shuffling quarterbacks around uh Andrew Bunch and Adrian Martinez both have very similar numbers uh both have a pair of interceptions Bunch has thrown two touchdowns Martinez one uh bunches at 297 on passing yardage martinez at 209 so they have 506 yards passing through two games they are not a passing team which is going to be kind of a relief after these first four games to be honest
1: yeah i see a very similar game plan that, that we used against boston college i think we'll be very we'll be really aggressive on defense and try to and Challenge whoever's playing poorly for Nebraska at quarterback uh, to uh, make throws to beat us. And I don't think they can. So that's, uh, you know, a good thing.
2: I think the key for this game is going to have to be another quick start, or at least a very good first half, like we had against Boston College, because uh, someone pointed out that in their three games. They start Nebraska started being down 14 nothing against Colorado. They were down 17 nothing against Troy, and then they were down 46 nothing against Michigan. Go Clearly Crawford. Nebraska starts the game terribly. Purdue really has to come out firing in this game. If Purdue comes out hot,
1: they might blow Nebraska out. Like if Purdue if Purdue comes out and puts up ten fourteen nothing, you might see Nebraska have some uh, quit going on there because they look like they quit in that Michigan game while I was watching. Uh, I think they're I think, think Nebraska shook right now. We don't we don't want to give them. Any sort of hope or confidence uh, by letting them hang around in the game for a half. I feel like if we jump on them early, we can blow them
2: out. Yeah, definitely. And then at least in the first two games, they they started making a bit of a comeback. Like the- Colorado still had to win on a last minute touchdown. Right. Because Nebraska no, come back. Colorado
0: and, was pretty close, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, and then Troy—they almost came back, but you know they were still facing Troy. Troy's Whereas- probably
1: better than Colorado, actually, <laughs> honestly.
2: But. Yeah, the thing that I'm worried about is that, you know, did Michigan blow them out so much that they're like, you know what, it's time, like, they're already just like, if you don't want to play, get the hell out, and we're going to use the players that are actually committed to this season. Because that could really, they could have just, again, that defeat was just so big that they could be reevaluating and, you know, revamping for the rest of the season now. Uh,
1: Nebraska's a lot like Purdue. They don't have a ton of, like, awesome backup plan available the, Nebraska's problem is they don't have good players, and so that's probably not going to change. And they don't have players that fit whatever Scott Frost is attempting to do, because whatever that is, is not looking real good right now. I think we can all appreciate what uh, Brom did last year, looking at how terrible frost is doing with what should on paper be significantly better talent
2: i think they had a graphic yesterday during the michigan nebraska game saying that they had 50 freshmen on the team or 50 like players freshmen and sophomores that hadn't played before as well so they have a really young team uh this was definitely not supposed to be nebraska's year um any and the like the three sane nebraska fans probably knew that
0: i I just think it's interesting because it seems like any path that we have to a bowl game we're relying on most likely a four and one road record with the only loss coming at michigan state but when you look at the other four games of nebraska illinois minnesota and indiana i mean is indiana the best of
1: those four indiana's garbage
0: i wouldn't say that i mean indiana has at least taken care of business and didn't lose to a mac team at home garbage travis (laughs) i
2: will say this out of all the teams that are left on the schedule, Ohio State is the only one that doesn't look beatable. Like I gotta got
0: agree with you there. I would be I would be shocked if we would beat Ohio State. Like, I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if we were to beat Wisconsin. I mean, it's not impossible, but. I'm I'm just going by the history that we've had with Wisconsin. 12 straight losses to them. Uh, it, it's kind of a, uh, all right, I'll believe
1: it when we actually do pull it off against them. I don't know. And I watched it, that Iowa-Wisconsin game last night. I don't know if either of those teams can score 30 points, so... We've got we've got at least a puncher's chance, I think, because I think we can score, and that's something that both Iowa and Nebraska aren't super adept at doing. I think I think you're right as far as Ohio State being the only game where I would be absolutely shocked uh, because they can score as well. But other than that. We can, we can put a lot of pressure on a lot of bad offenses, and that's, I mean that's what we did against Boston College. We put all that pressure on their quarterback, and he couldn't handle it, and I think we'll be in a position to do that to a lot of teams in the Big Ten and put some real pressure to go out and perform early and often in order to beat Purdue.
2: Well, don't worry. If Ohio State beats us and abuses us on October 20th, Urban Meyer will at least deny it.
1: <laughs> Boom. Civil I don't know. He
0: probably and and then he won't remember denying it. Remember, okay?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, Urban.
0: So, you know, what What do we see in the next two weeks? We've got um, a Nebraska team that is struggling and then an Illinois team that is bad but i don't think that they are as atrocious as we originally expected mostly because they haven't looked like rutgers i obviously i think to have any shot at a ball we've got to win these two games but
1: uh i i think we've got a really good chance honestly yeah i would say if i were putting odds i'd say purdue we probably got a 75 chance to win both of those games I don't see pretty losing to Illinois. I just, I don't see that happening because Illinois absolutely cannot score uh, enough points uh, to win. And their defense is really just hot trash. I don't know how much they're paying Lovey Smith to play their crappy defense on the field, but that's, I am really impressed with Lovey's agent because that, that defense is bad. And then, yeah, like I said, I think Nebraska's just shook. I don't know. They don't know what to do. So I think, I think 75, 75% chance we can probably win both of those games, which will put us in
2: nice position. And at least they got the bye week in between uh, Nebraska and, and Illinois as well. So got a chance for rest there, too, going into that Illinois game.
1: Yeah, and being Nebraska kind of gets one of those. I wouldn't say it gets the Eastern Michigan game back, but I don't think anybody at the beginning of the year had Nebraska <laughs> as, like, a game that we were probably gonna win. If that make if that makes sense, you know, I I had Nebraska as like a toss up game. So I think if we you know we beat Nebraska, that puts us a little closer to being back on schedule. Maybe not for a phenomenal season, but for a, a bowl season.
0: I, I think you're right, mostly because Nebraska was a game we probably should have won last year, and I honestly think that we do win if Dewan Hunt doesn't go down and they just start picking on Kamal Hardy left and right in the fourth quarter. It, you know, and I think this Nebraska team is actually worse. I think I saw where they're off to an 0 and 3 start for the first time since 1945 which is mind-boggling when you think about it but they you know, you know they're historically a very strong program so
2: Tanner Lee was at least a decent quarterback last year for Nebraska yeah. And during the game, like, Nebraska was racking up yards. The issue was that their drives just ended before the end zone. So they got a lot of field goals. But they were chipping away at Purdue's defense all throughout last game. It was just finally at the end, they broke through and got those touchdowns to win it. And that's why part of me feels a little uneasy going into this game because of what happened last year. Like, last year was a game that Purdue was favored in and should have won. And Nebraska was reeling. And yet, somehow, they pulled off the win. And if this game was in West Lafayette, I'd feel more confident about Purdue winning. But I don't know. Part of me thinks that this is going to be a bit of a coin flip game and maybe the coin flips away from Purdue.
1: Tell you what, this is the fun part about rooting for Purdue. Because you really have like like every game you have a reason to be worried. But like hope that you might win. I tell you, I mean, I'm spoiled being a Clemson fan. I turned on this Georgia Tech game and I was like, I don't know how this is going to end. (laughs) <laughs> and sort of sit back and wait for the uh, inevitable avalanche. But with Purdue, even I think everybody was saying, even when we were up in the third quarter, like thirty to seven, everybody, was, I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's still, I just, this this thing could still break the wrong way."
0: That's Purdue yeah. Traumatic Stress Disorder kicking yeah. in. Through.
1: Yeah, but it makes a, it makes for a much more exciting uh, viewing uh, experience.
0: I feel. I'm uh, glad you find that exciting, and I just I just have, <laughs> I break out into cold sweats when I think about the Little Rock game now and how quickly that went sideways. So uh, I was there for that, Travis.
1: I was. I yeah, know you were there I for saw that. that. I, yeah, I it's your fault. That was terrible. Was
0: I probably would have broken something to be honest, because that was just horrendously uh, bad. Travis would have gotten our basketball press credentials revoked.
2: That's why he sends Casey now. <laughs> There's a man on the court.
0: Well, wasn't that in Louisville? I have a history in Louisville, so. No,
1: it was in Denver.
2: That's right, it wasn't Denver, either or. No, Louisville was uh, when we lost to Cincinnati in overtime.
1: That's right, yeah. This is taking a dark turn, guys. I feel like. I yeah, feel this is the like football podcast. Is, why are we talking about basketball? We, we just won a football game, so, yeah. <laughs> This is taking a dark, dark turn—a very Purdue-esque turn. So, uh, one, probably one more topic that we can
0: uh, talk about today. We alluded it to, uh, alluded to it earlier. Um, Drew Brees today broke the record for most completions in an NFL career. And he has a very good chance of next week passing Peyton Manning for the most passing yards in an NFL career. He needs 417. That would be one heck of a week, obviously, but it's doable when he had 396 today. And he he's very likely going to do it either next week or the week after. Let's just bask in the greatness of how this great ambassador of our university is now at the pinnacle of his profession and is going to go down as one of the greatest players to ever play the game. It's it's phenomenal.
2: I will say the same thing I said in a podcast a while ago, in that I do think that Drew Brees might be better than Tom Brady because Drew Brees has been on some very crappy teams and is still able to put up these amazing numbers. And, you know, got to give credit for the Patriots and their five Super Bowl rings, but I think a lot of that is, you know, based around the very good team that's around Brady. And if Brady gets traded to the Browns and, t- and takes him to the playoffs, then then I will say that Tom Brady is the GOAT. But for now, Drew Brees is the GOAT.
1: And he's had such a weird career, man. The start of his career was so strange where he's out in San Diego not playing very well. And then the Chargers drafted Phillip Rivers. And then I think Breeze played that one more year and had a good year until he blew his shoulder out. Well, like, he, he
0: was he was with Rivers two years in San Diego. That's
1: right, that's right. So there's that second year, yeah, when his contract was up, that he blew his shoulder out. The Chargers had probably two Hall of Fame quarterbacks on the same roster, on the same roster, which is kind of crazy to think about. And also how they totally blew like the first uh, pick in the draft on a, on a second Hall of Fame quarterback instead of just keeping the one they had on the roster already. It's yeah. also the Chargers.
2: They think, oh, let's just move to L.A. and all our fans are going to follow as well. So
1: Yeah, there was like 12 people at that game
2: today. No one here Two is a Chargers catches. fan.
1: So so here's Breeze's
0: stats. His first season, he only played one game because that's when they had Doug Flutie. Uh, second season, pretty modest uh, for first as a full-time NFL starter. 3,200 yards, 17 touchdowns, 16 picks. And then it was that third season that you guys mentioned where he, he really struggled. Um, 57% comp- pass completion, 2,100 yards, 11 touchdowns, 15 picks. They draft Rivers. The next year, I I think even Rivers may have had a holdout in training camp. And so they're like, "Okay, well, we're going to go with Breeze while Rivers gets his feet wet. And Breeze busts out to make his first Pro Bowl. 3,100 yards, 27 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. He, He was off from there. And one of the things that just astounds me when it comes to him, he is getting more accurate as his career goes on. Last year, he had a, a uh, career-best 72% completion percentage. This year, he is completing 80% of his passes.
1: How? He's 39 years old. Please stop saying 39 years old. like That's like death. I'm staring right at it, Travis. <laughs> he is nine <sighs> months older than
0: I am, and I get out of bed in the morning, and I'm like, why? I, get, I can barely walk to the
1: bathroom sometimes because of my feet and my knees. Yeah, he ran for two touchdowns today too. Yes, he because, did. That's uh, I don't know. He just must be a better athlete than all. Of... <laughs> <laughs> <So> you, <laughs> other, than one, other than one, other than one. You heard it
0: here. Yeah. Drew Brees is a better athlete <laughs> than the hammer and rails bloggers. It's uh, that's the kind of hard hitting analysis that you guys get. You know,
1: I don't know. I feel like Casey might be upset by that statement. <laughs> Casey just Casey just can't handle the truth. I feel like Casey might might be upset by that and, uh, and uh, challenge uh, Drew Brees to game with the wreck. Since he's not here, I guess uh, we can all agree. I think uh, Casey's got think... old man's game with basketball, though. Yeah, and yeah.
2: Casey's not going to listen to this anyway, so...
1: This right, uh, that's exactly why I'm talking about him right now. You know, he's probably... Somewhere in his emotions. So so your list of records
0: that Breeze is probably going to have here, he has the completions record now. Either next week or the week after, he will get the passing yardage record. He is neck and neck with Tom Brady for passing touchdowns, would likely have to get it next season. He has the accuracy record. Uh, he He's above 67% for his career. And if he's at 80 this year, that's, that's just going to go up, and he, he's going to keep salting that away. I mean, what else is there to prove, really?
1: He needs another Super Bowl, man. There's nothing, nothing about Drew Brees' game says I'm getting old and creaky and slowing down. If anything, he looks more like in shape and athletic now than he did like five, ten years ago. He, he, just, he takes great care of himself, and uh, I think I think he's got another three, four years. But maybe as long as he wants to play, as long as he's in this shape, and he's he's gotten so good at getting rid of the ball quickly not taking those big hits and so i think he's got another three four years left uh to lead my fantasy team and i'll actually play him
0: and, and that would just put some of his records well out of reach because you're looking at if he plays another three seasons you're looking at what eighty-five thousand yards i can't even
2: fathom that that's insane You know, if the Saints even had a defense, they'd probably be at least, well, yeah, they would definitely be in the NFC Championship game, but they would at least have been in last year's Super Bowl, perhaps. Yeah. As well. And, you know, there have been other seasons there. They just had a damn defense around them. I think a few years ago when they lost to the Seahawks as well. I think it was when the Seahawks went to the uh, Super Bowl.
1: Yeah.
2: Or maybe the year after that. They
1: ran through their entire
2: team. Well, yeah, that was 2011. That's when, like, the Seahawks kind of came to be. But like I said earlier, Drew Brees has been on some very crappy teams.
1: It's not like he's had, like, a great bunch of weapons around him either uh, when you think about it. And all the weapons they had around him were, like, weird, like, Marquise Colston was, like, a seventh-round pick and, like, Jimmy Graham was a basketball player. And, I mean, I guess Michael Thomas looks like he might be the best receiver that – the best wide receiver that uh, Breeze has played with right now. Because, I mean, think back to those, those teams. There was like Devry Henderson was like one of his main receivers. And they did not have, he hasn't been surrounded by a bunch of great players, uh, but he's made a bunch of players really look good let's not forget
0: that he lost an NFC championship game to Rex Grossman.
1: I was reading something today as apparently Matt Ryan and Eli Manning are the only two quarterbacks in NFL history to throw for 350 yards, five touchdowns plus with no interceptions and lose. And they both lost to Drew Brees.
0: And I think he, um, I think he has, um, One team to go as well to have a victory over all 32 NFL teams. I think he has not beaten the Ravens. That stood out like a few years ago. I think that's it. And there's only a handful of quarterbacks that have beaten all 32 NFL teams because obviously you have to play on two different ones to be able to beat all
2: of them. I think it's Favre and Manning are the only two quarterbacks that have beaten all 32 teams, right?
0: I think you might be right. And obviously you're limited there because only a handful of them played while the Houston Texans were around and everything, so... I don't know when he would get his next shot at the, Oh, he will get a shot at the Ravens this year. That's right. Uh, he can join he can even join that lovely fraternity this season.
2: About say if he loses to Flacco. It's a pretty bad legacy to leave behind. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you've done. If you just can't beat Flacco, you're, you're-
0: You lose the Flacco, you lost an NFC championship game to Rex Grossman, then that just, that trumps everything that you can't get, or that you, uh, anything on your Hall of Fame credentials.
2: Although, to be fair, as a Packers fan, it was pretty great to see the Bears lose in that Super Bowl.
0: Hey, Well, Rex Grossman was the MVP of that Super Bowl because he had a whole hell of a lot more to do with the Colts winning it than anybody else.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. I remember in the last game of the regular season, Rex Grossman had like a QB rating of 0.0 against the Packers.
0: The Colts would not have won a Super Bowl if the Bears had just stuck with Kyle Orton.
2: Exactly. Kyle Orton, the greatest backup QB in the history of the NFL. That is false,
1: sir. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Charlie Whitehurst is the greatest backup quarterback in the history of (laughs) NFL football.
2: Well, isn't it,
1: um,
0: it Blaine Gabbert? No, not Blaine Gabbert. No, you do not talk about clipboard Jesus. Uh, is it I oh it's uh, Chase Daniel who I think has been around the league keeps getting these contracts and everything and he's gotten so little playing
1: time it's not even funny but uh Dude, oh yeah Charlie Chase... sat behind Charlie sat behind Phillip Rivers in San Diego and I think he played like zero regular season snaps for like several years and he just sat there and held a clipboard and made like three million dollars a year the man is my hero
0: okay so here here's Chase Daniel with his he is in his eighth NFL season this year he is on his fourth team with the Bears. He has actually only played, he's played in 57 games. He is 51 and 78. For his career, he has a pair of starts, both with Kansas City. However, he is on a two-year, $10 million contract to back up Mitch Trubisky. So he is getting paid an insane amount of money to essentially
1: do nothing. To be fair, Mitch Trubisky also sucks, so he might (laughs) might play. (laughs) Sorry, uh, Bears fans. Y'all screwed up. Should have drafted my boy Deshaun. Said you went with Mitch Trubisky, who, who could not start for North Carolina until he was a junior. Oh my God. I I'm still just, the idea of drafting Mitch Trubisky over Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson still makes me sort of chuckle
2: what i absolutely love is how people bring up his old tweets where he's like talking about how great aaron Rodgers is and how good the packers are and he's up and he's playing for the bears
1: i think i read one tweet that said if a golden retriever could play quarterback he would be mr Trubisky, and that
2: i like that (laughs) it's a good one
0: on that note we should probably uh probably start wrapping this up so final Final question of the night, gentlemen. Does Purdue win these next two games to get to three and three before Ohio State? And I'll, uh, I'll let Drew go first.
1: Yes, yes, we do. We handle both the next two teams, you know, and David Blau is uh, obviously the better quarterback. And anybody who's said previously that he was not is probably an idiot, definitely. definitely. Didn't we all say that David Blau was uh, probably I should have been benched he- in favor of Elijah? Yeah, no, I think I led that whole that whole line of thinking.
2: Um, Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Ooh, let me put my tinfoil cap on here first. All right, Juan, do we win the next two games? I give it a 60% chance that we win both games. Ooh. Uh, hey, that's better than 50%. That is how math works. He is a meteorologist. <laughs> that's how they deal with
0: things. I mean...
2: Exactly. Just that given that it's at Lincoln and I, I just get the feeling that I guess there's two ways that Nebraska can handle coming back from an Arbor, either they just give up on the rest of the season or they just, you know, turn it around and we'll see if this was in West Lafayette, I'd be much more confident and give it like a 70, 80% chance. But given that it's in Lincoln, we'll we'll see what happens. You never know. It's you never know what happens with the way games.
0: I'm going to go out. And say that as long as the same Purdue that showed up against Boston College shows up, we're going to be just fine. But I can't... as long
2: as
1: the best absolute best version of ourselves shows up. Well, yeah, yes, but uh,
0: the thing is, is I know that we have that we're we're not there where we could just take a team for granted, even in Illinois or anything. And the, the Eastern Michigan game kind of showed that. That's that was the one gimme. That was the win that. Everybody had already written down in Sharpie, and look what happened. So I think I'd give us about about a 70% chance of taking both. I'm, I'm with Juan. I'm kind of worried. The harder one, I think, is going to be in Lincoln, just because you never know when they're going to turn it around. I do think Frost is a good coach, and uh, they, they're they hungry to get that first win of the season just as we were this week. And we're, we're not a Boston College rolling in there – Highly rated or anything, you know. We we just won one game. We we still have a lot to prove. So uh, it's going to be a tricky week. It's going to be a tough win, but I think we can still do it. And then I I'm pretty confident about winning at Illinois under the Hazel one there twice. How hard can it be?
1: Lovey Smith has to show up to like pick up his paycheck in like a ski mask because he is straight robbing Illinois. <laughs>
0: it's probably why he grew the beard.
1: Like yeah, like. <laughs>
0: He's getting ready to go on the lamb. Okay. Like,
1: like he's committing a felony by taking money from Illinois. I feel like they there should be an investigation because a team is garbage. Maybe they're recruiting, all right, but they're just garbage. Like, I don't know. There's some sort of weird stench in Champagne that just won't blow over the basketball or the football program. I
2: mean, to be fair, the state of Illinois is pretty well known for people in higher-up positions stealing money, being corrupt. So, you know, Levy Smith just fits that fold pretty well.
1: I don't think we have to be a fair, one. I think we can just say that Illinois sucks.
2: Well, that too, but I'm just saying, like you're saying that Lovey Smith is stealing from the team, and I'm just saying it's just par for the course when it comes that's to the Steelers. Oh, that's
1: true. Hey, that's true. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. You know, and to be fair, he also does show up on the sidelines every Saturday, and I mean that's something, I guess. The they, team is
0: dressed in the same uniforms every week, so
1: that's. plus. I, there you go. You know they almost they had they had Penn State until they gave up something like the biggest loss of any team that was like in that score situation in the third quarter in, the, in college football history, uh, is what I saw. Yeah, they were
2: playing them pretty close in that first half, from what I've heard. And they were uh, up in the third
1: quarter, and then they lost by, like, 40 points.
2: Yeah, they <laughs> it was
0: 24-21 Illinois with about 10 minutes to go, and Illinois lost the game 63-24
2: kind of similar to when he played penn state in 2016 like we were playing him tough in the first half and then saquon barkley remember he was saquon barkley
0: yeah i I was gonna say that was it was eerily similar because i'm trying to bring that game up now because why not i mean i'm a
2: masochist i remember we went to the to morgantown in the second half yeah so i started drinking and i remember coming out of the beer tent and i'm like wait what we're down like three touchdowns now what the hell happened yeah what
1: happened was we only played like 11 defensive players for an entire half and then like by the third quarter all those hazel teams died because we only we literally only played like 11 it was like iron man football
2: well right and this was after (laughs) hazel was fired too like so that's the only reason why they played any sort of inspired football in the first half as well
0: yeah, we were tied at halftime, seventeen seventeen. We lost sixty two twenty four, and it's the most points we've ever given up at Ross State Stadium. Which that is that's another wonderful record that Hazel has to his resume.
2: Is. Hazel broke that three times. Exactly three <laughs> times. Three First times. against Northern Illinois, and then against Ohio State in the same season. Which I'm and again I'm pretty I'm convinced that Hazel rigged that game against Ohio State to get revenge for the two thousand nine Purdue Ohio State game. This is a podcast for another time uh, for your tin foil. <laughs> Hats, but and then again against Penn State in 2016. But granted, Hazel was gone by that point. But it was still the Hazel hangover. Oh no, he
0: gets he gets those losses. He he yeah. gets all of them.
2: It's a Hazel hangover. It's really
1: Y'all rough. see how bad Minnesota was today, man? They knocked me out of my survivor pool, and I blame Hazel a hundred percent. He's still messing with me. I I had my where I'm in like a NFL survivor pool where you pick like a team each week, and my strategy of just betting picking against Buffalo has been perfect and now and now they lost to minnesota and i blame hazel that's
0: what i like to tell colts fans is ryan Gregson was so bad at his job that he managed to ruin both of my football teams because he was a horrible gm for the colts and he recommended to burke that we hire hazel so he ruined both of them at the
2: same time jim tressel also recommended hazel to burke and again just part of the conspiracy wake up sheeple exactly But we'll talk about that for another time.
1: We're gonna get banned. We're gonna get banned for only
2: because meetings. the overlords are Ohio State fans.
1: Exactly. That's True. That's true. On that note, and what does get... that say?
2: They <laughs> overlook a lot of things.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's true. They can't score any points against
2: Clemson.
0: <laughs> on that note, uh, that concludes another Hammer and Ales podcast here. As Purdue's now one and three on the season, and on paper it doesn't look good but there's still some football to be played and we're hoping for an exciting finish here and especially the next two weeks where we get a couple of easier games at least on paper so for juan for drew and myself on am t mill saying boiler up thanks for reading thanks for listening